Welcome to the Opinion Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs. We are now into February. So another month down. Postseason is upon us on the high school level. Postseason for colleges is getting closer. We've had some big duels here uh, this last week. Uh, we're in a really key time for, for high school. Um, the girls' postseason is underway. We're approaching the uh, state tournament. Uh, starts tomorrow. This is being uh, recorded on Wednesday. So uh, state tournament Thursday and Friday. Uh, regionals were last Friday. Um, huge turnout for uh, the regional meets. 1,307 wrestlers participated in the eight regionals at four sites uh, across the state. Um, it was frenzied and chaotic, but, um, you know, this, this first go-round for state qualifiers, I think, uh, turned out pretty decently. Right, and, and with those numbers, I'm going to guess that next year, maybe you've heard something that I haven't heard, but I, this is totally a guess, that they're going to go to two classes maybe? Uh, it might have to? Uh, I, I think that is something being discussed. That is something that's kind of uh, uh, one of the things that uh, they'll be looking to adjust. Well, if you'll remember, you probably can't remember, but I can. Way back in the early 60s. <laughs> I knew where you were going with it, but when I was a young tot, there was only one class of of uh, boys wrestling for uh, I don't know how many years, and then it became two classes, and then of course three classes. So anyway, there actually used to be one class in college too, if you remember that. Yes, and that's when Cornell College actually was a national champ at, right. at that time right. too. And uh, uh, eventually the Panthers too, right? Well, yep. I, they might have been. It might have been later. I don't remember now. But oh no, they, I don't think they won it until they were Division Two, did we? I'd have to. I'd have to look that up. But yeah, anyway, there, there might have been a time with uh, Coach Cole and when it was Iowa State Teachers College. Um, but I'm not sure. We'd have to look that up and, and right. see. Um. On Friday, obviously, I was at the uh, uh, regionals in Cedar Rapids. Uh, that's where they had about 360 uh, wrestlers in uh, the two regions that they had, regions five and six. Um, in uh, uh, region six, uh, it was Bentendorf uh, that came away with a team title. Linmar was second, uh, both of them advancing uh, – Six wrestlers to the state tournament, as well as West Liberty. Um, then you had Independence that had uh, five. Mid Prairie um, had five moving forward out of that region as well. So um, good showings there. Cedar Rapids Jefferson, uh, Cedar Rapids Kennedy um, had one and two qualifiers each. Mount Vernon had three. Um, you know, so uh, good showing there. The one that I, I really want to kind of talk about really quick, and I've kind of beaten this uh, dead horse a, a little since Friday, but 
you had Waverly Shell Rock coming away with a team title in Region 6. They advanced nine wrestlers. Uh, Runner-up was East Buck, who, uh, you know, kind of went back and forth uh, in the team lead with, with Waverly Shell Rock. The thing that I find amazing is how many other sports do you see teams being able to compete with such a, a diverse number of uh, an enrollment number or or different size schools like that where Waverly Shell Rock, their beds document number is uh, like 586. So that's the Nine through eleventh grade uh, enrollment from the previous season, the previous year, and East Buck is one forty seven, and yet they're going toe to toe. East Buck, uh, uh, I think I mentioned, had eight qualifiers, uh, three champs, which was more than uh, uh, Waverly Shell Rock, and uh, just a, a really strong performance from East Buchanan. And maybe you mentioned this, but I'm not sure. Uh, also, Anamosa had eight qualifiers. Didn't they? In which were they in five or were they in six? Do you remember off the top of your head? Uh, Anamosa was actually up in the Cora. They were either in seven or eight. Oh, they're up. They're many. Okay, my fault. Yeah. So there's another small school that with with big numbers coming into this. So you're right. I you know in my mind I'm going, what's cool, or what what sport would allow that? You know maybe. <laughs> No, none of them really do allow it because they don't really compete against each other at the state level. Um, maybe if they were to cross country, maybe if they were to put them all together, I don't know. Uh, golf. Could be. Could <laughs> be. Yeah, you, you had some really uh, – I don't know if golf would – I mean, there are some teams from, like, Washington, Iowa that were pretty good um, that might compete. Um, maybe, maybe some of the small classes – uh, cross country was a really good one because Mid Prairies had some outstanding teams, Monticello, um, some outstanding teams that could be considered uh, some of the best in the state the years that they won it. Um, you know, track maybe. Um, you remember the, we're getting off the subject here, but what's what's the the girls, the sisters from Mid Prairie that have done so well and won some of the state now? Uh, I'm forgetting as well, but anyways. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll ask uh, Jeff Linder and uh, answer Stettler. that question next week. Ike Stetler. Okay. Yep. Thank you, Nathan Ford. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, just a breakdown here. Um, uh, so the top qualifiers for the girls' state tournament, um, we kind of hit on some of them already, uh, but Decora, Decora. Uh, came away with a team title on Friday, and they advanced 10. That's your leader out of the gate. They have 10 qualifiers. Um, Cedar Falls, which won um, one of the regionals over in uh, in Des Moines at the Iowa Event Center, uh, they advanced nine. We, we've got – we've watched them uh, uh, compete um, this year. Um, strong showing by the Tigers – and they match Waverly Shell Rock with nine qualifiers. Uh, Ankeny, Council Bluffs, Lewis Central, East Buchanan, and Osage all qualified eight. And then Anamosa, Dallas Center, Grimes, Mason City, uh, Southeast Polk, and Spencer uh, qualified seven. I know Ridgeview 
qualified seven originally, but uh, I believe one of their uh, wrestlers is injured and they were subbed out. So they dropped down to six. Um, as far as area qualifiers, we kind of mentioned, uh, you know, Decorah, Eastbuck, and Amosa. Linmar had six. Uh, West Liberty also had six. Uh, Garcia Vasquez uh, uh, sisters, um, they uh, they both won titles. Uh, Linmar uh, received uh, titles, I believe, from uh, uh, Kate Siri. Um, and then uh, Haley uh, Citrum um, and Trinity Young and Ali Jelinek. So uh, four of their six uh, qualifiers won regional titles. Um, I know uh, uh, Ali Jelinek has been uh, kind of the most experienced wrestler of that group, but uh, Citrum and Trinity Young, uh, their first year wrestlers. Um, so that's going to be exciting. And then uh, Kate Seary wrestled a little bit when she was uh, in seventh grade, um, decided to come out this year as a freshman. Uh, thing uh, kind of notable about that, her dad, Kelly Seary, um, from New Hampton, uh, I believe wrestled at Wartburg, um, has been an assistant coach at Prairie and Linmar here in the Metro she, he was in her corner. He's been an assistant for Mike Gears in the Linmar Girls program this season. Um, and talking to her afterwards, she, uh, you know, she was like a lot of coaches' kids, um, always going to tournaments or meets and kind of there, you know, by dad's side. Uh, loved wrestling from the get-go. Um, loved kind of following dad around to those uh, events and kind of special that, you know, she wins the regional title as a freshman with her dad in her corner. So that was pretty cool. And the other thing about Linmar too is the neat thing is seeing the boys support of the girls program. Kate Nakaborn was actually in a corner with Kelly Seary during Kate Seary's matches. Uh, I thought I saw a picture on Twitter um, where the boys program was actually helping with the door banners and stuff like that for the girls state qualifiers. So that's, uh, I think that's pretty awesome uh, to see that support between the two programs. That is neat. We've got to observe the girls kind of do, do the reciprocal to the boys at some of the duels mm -hmm. as well there. Coach, Coach Gears has got a role in there and, and uh, congratulations to those four champs and the other two qualifiers. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Cedar Rapids Prairie, Independence, Mid Prairie, Vinton, Shellsburg, and Western Dubuque uh, all had five uh, qualifiers. Prairie uh, led by Mackenzie Childers, who not only uh, uh, remained unbeaten, one of 15 unbeaten uh, wrestlers in the, the girls' state field, but uh, uh, she came away with, uh, let's see, one of two titles. Uh, joining uh, Maya Rausch um, atop the award stand there at regionals. Um, Childers is going to be the top seed at 125 uh, for the tournament uh, going forward. So uh, congrats to, to her. And then uh, Vin Shellsburg, they had five qualifiers. And, of course, uh, um, 
they were able to come away with, uh, I believe, two champions in uh, Bruce Swenson and Chloe Sanders. Sanders, uh, the number two seed um, at 130 going into this, uh, this weekend. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing that's, that's Cooper's sister, correct? I believe, I believe so. Yeah. Cooper and Gabe. Remember Gabe uh, last year for. Sorry. This this year, but yeah. um, Yeah. uh, So no surprise in that instance, I guess, but uh, that's one tough family on the map. (laughs) Yep. And I mentioned there are 15 uh, uh, unbeaten wrestlers that are entering the tournament. Kind of mention them here. Uh, Kate Miscaglia. Uh, you recognize that name uh, with Raccoon River uh, Northwest. She's 41 and 0 at 100 pounds. Then you have the monster Jillian Worthen of Union Community, sophomore. She's 23 and 0 at 105. Um, and I'll have a feature of her posted later today uh, in, in Thursday's paper. Um, just about uh, kind of where she got that nickname, uh, what she's kind of done. Uh, for girls wrestling because she is really uh, uh, kind of taking it upon herself to try to get uh, uh, girls program or women's program started at UNI um, and really would like to see uh, uh, the sport grow at the D1 level. So uh, she's kind of uh, showing some leadership there um, to help girls wrestling grow while she's competing. Um, then you have Jalen Goodell at 110. She's 30 and 0 for Osage. Jasmine Lukey, um, she's also undefeated at 110 pounds from Atumwa. She's 28 and 0. Of course, those two are 1 2 in the uh, uh, seedings in that bracket. Uh, then you have Molly Allen, who uh, transferred from Underwood to Oakland Riverside. She's a sophomore. 26 and 0 at 115. We mentioned Mackenzie Childers of Prairie. She's 44 and 0 at 125. Then you have Lily Luft, Luft Tough, right? Uh, uh, from Charles City. She's a senior, 35 and 0 at 130. She's joined by Colby Tenborg, uh, a freshman of from Saydell, who's 21 and 0 at 130. Uh, some uh, Waverly folks will recognize this name, uh, Kiara. Uh, Digimessi, uh, she's 43-0 from Waverly Shell Rock, a junior at 140. Uh, then you have Emma Peach, uh, a sophomore. She, she was one of the wrestlers like Worthen that won an IWCOA title uh, last year. Um, Iowa Valley sophomore is 34-0 at 145. Then you've got uh, probably one of the top uh, wrestlers along with uh, Naomi uh, Simon. But Skylar Slade, a freshman from Southeast Polk, she's 44 0 at 155. Nicole Olson, Missouri Valley, a junior, 30 0 at 155 as well. Uh, I mentioned Naomi Simon of Decorah, the juniors, 32 0 at 170, uh, highly ranked uh, wrestler nationally. And then Avery Whitcop of West Marshall, the juniors, 27 0 at 170. And then heavyweight. 235 pounder Olivia Huckfelt, uh, junior from Spencer, is 40 0, top rank uh, there and favorite um, to win that title. But uh, a, a really strong field here in this 
this historic uh, event. Right, and it gets started at um, nine o'clock tomorrow morning, or uh, Thursday Thursday morning. Yeah. Yep. Um, there'll be uh, two sessions each day. Uh, the first one uh, uh, begins, uh, like you said, at nine o'clock, and then trying to, I think maybe maybe five o'clock for the second session. Um, each night as well. Um, yes, five, five to nine. So the first round and second round with first round wrestlebacks will be in that first session on Thursday. The second session, as we mentioned, starting at five, will consist of the quarterfinals, the second and third round wrestlebacks. Uh, on Friday morning, uh, starting at nine, you'll have the semifinals. Um, and then uh, rest of the consolation rounds until uh, the seventh place matches. And then the championship uh, session will be from six to nine o'clock on Friday night. Uh, you'll have awards in the Grand March and then uh, your championship third place and fifth place matches um, Friday night at, at that point. Okay, a couple of things. First of all, it's a 32-person bracket. That's, you know, that's big. That's bigger than yeah. the boys will be. Boys are, are going to be 24 this year, and that's that's a, a increasing it by eight. So uh, 32, mm -hmm. that's interesting. And then also, it's my guess that that finals will be spectacular because the girls' union has shown that they're not holding any anything back. They they got the big arenas and, you know, for the regionals and and uh, they like to put on a show, so that's gonna be kind of fun, I think. So, on that on Saturday night, yeah, you know, and, and the thing too, I trust me, I, I appreciate the association, I appreciate appreciate the association and all that they do, um, but I'm just kind of going through things, and it's a really short turnaround, and a lot of stuff going on this week because you also have state duels, but. The breakdown of what the the girls' union were able to provide, uh, how quickly they were able to provide it, I mean, really uh, much, much better than the association has ever done um, with making things, and of course I'm being selfish, media-friendly, um, but... They they have really kind of they have really focused on making sure this is a successful season from many different angles. Um, you know, from the experience for the the athletes and coaches to helping out with coverage, um, to make sure uh, you know the attention um, and the spotlight is is where it needs to be for for the the athletes and those involved in this uh you know this inaugural year right and and in defense of the of the of the boys association uh, uh the the Iowa high school wrestling state tournament is the is the best and the biggest state tournament in the nation and uh <coughs> so that that being said you know you're going to have a full house at Wells Fargo 
most of the sessions and certainly the final session is sold out ahead of time every year. Oh, for, and so for sure. in their defense, they, they have a great product. They just could be a little more media friendly. Agreed. They do a great job. Um, no doubt about it. And the girls union, um, obviously there are things to tweak and things to improve on and adjust and, Talking to Aaron, you know, exchanging messages with Aaron Curtley, they certainly are on top of that, and they're already looking forward to, uh, you know, they're already having discussions about what to change and, and how to adapt and adjust and improve and and all those uh, all those things. So, uh, you know, good first year, good good baseline to to this season and and this upcoming tournament, I'm sure and. Uh, look forward to seeing how that kind of builds on uh, from there. Right. And you mentioned the state duels, but what you didn't mention is it's the boys state duels, the girls. Yes. Boys state duels. So that is also on Saturday or that is Saturday also in the, in the, um, um, uh, what, um, extreme arena. Geez, sorry. Mind sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, we have regional duels on, on Tuesday night. Um, where the field was set and, you know, really for the most part, uh, looking at the qualifiers and the scores, not, not a lot of, um, surprises, I guess you would say, uh, for the most part, the majority of the top eight, you know, or, or the, the top teams that, uh, received buys and, and were in the regional final, uh, moved on except for really two exceptions. Right. And you were in attendance at one of them. So give us some of the highlights there, man. <laughs> yeah, I was at uh, uh, Linmar and uh, they wrestled Dubuque Hempstead in the uh, regional final. Hempstead uh, kind of did away with um, uh, Fort Madison in the opening duel. Uh, they won that 54-27, setting up the regional final with um, the Lions. Uh, Hempstead ranked seven, or 11th, Linmar ranked 7th. And this was uh, kind of a – well, I'll just say that we kind of started with uh, uh, the coin flip. I know Doug Stryker um, – Kind of dismissed it and said they still had a chance. The coin flip wasn't the the biggest thing, um, but what that did was it allowed Hempstead. They won the coin flip. They went uh, odd matches for their reporting, and it allowed them to kind of move their lineup around and adjust things. Um, they were able to avoid uh, some of uh, Limar's top ranked guys like uh, Tate. And Kane Nakaborn, Braden Park, uh, those guys received uh, um, uh, forfeits, and then they were able to to neutralize that with uh, you know five pins, moving people around. Like uh, uh, Joseph Lewis moved up to to heavyweight. Um, you know, I think they moved some guys in the the middle of the lineup as well, and um, they came away with a thirty six thirty four victory. Um, to knock off Linmar. Uh, it came down to the very last match. Uh, Grant Crest got a pin at uh, 170 
Moved all the way up to 170, got a pin for Linmar that pulled them within 36-31. So Linmar was in a pin to win situation. Um, Landon Bush fell into an early uh, 4-0 hole, gave up uh, two takedowns and two near fall before he came back, uh, got a takedown and right out in the third period. Wasn't able to get a turn and get a pin, but he did tie it and force sudden victory, which, you know, go feet to back. Linmar still had a chance, but uh, Hempstead uh, kind of surrendered the, the winning takedown, lost by a decision, which, of course, sealed the victory 36-34 for them. And uh, uh, Hempstead's third trip to the state duels, um, and uh, all of them coming since 2016. So um, good for Hempstead there. So coming away with a victory. You're saying that Hempstead conceded the takedown and sudden victory to win the, the duel. Yes. Okay. So. And, uh, it's because of feet in sudden victory, the first point scored, the winner wins the match and the match is over unless it goes straight to the back, feet to back. Right. And, and uh, and so that was the opportunity Linmar still had, even though they had not been able to do that in the first, Bushman had not been able to do that in the first six minutes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Bushman originally tried to stay out front and avoid getting just the takedown. Um, try, try to get kind of like a cradle to go straight over, but um, wasn't able to do that and just pretty much got the, got the takedown. Uh, the only way he really would have been able to do anything, maybe kind of stay out front with a, you know, like a cow catcher or a whip over kind of the way that uh, things were being conceded, maybe, you know, get to a front headlock and try a cement mixer or something like that. That would have been maybe the only way to avoid just getting to and being able to do that once, uh, you know, they kind of, uh, Hempstead shot and kind of stayed on the map. And it seems like if that's the case, you have a short amount of time to do that before the Hempstead wrestler gets called for stalling and ends the match that way too. So yeah, because he had already been born, had already given up a penalty point regulation for stalling. Gotcha. So only one penalty point would have ended it as well. So Team strategy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it worked out well. They uh like I said, their first trip since 2018, I believe. Um, so Hempstead kind of pulled the upset. Chuck Haas, uh, you can kind of feel uh, kind of the emotion in his voice afterwards. He, he said this might be the biggest uh, dual win that they've ever had. Um, talked about how much he respect Coach Stryker and uh, the Limar uh, staff and program and that this is the first time that they've uh, so the other two times that they qualified they were seated in the top eight they were a top eight team so they were expected to go on right but this was the first time that they won a regional dual final being kind of that underdog a little bit and you know I think a lot of people kind of have Linmar you know, kind of consider, even though they're ranked seventh, I think a lot of people kind of consider Lindmar maybe more of a top five team. Uh, so that was a big win for Hempstead. Right. Well, congratulations to Coach Haas and his, and his 
wrestlers and his, his uh, coaching staff there. And, and uh, you know, Coach Stryker's, uh, you know, he's going to need to get focused here on individual because he's got, <clears throat> they've got a great opportunity to, to do well and bring home a trophy there as well. So um, that's a quality program that, that Hempstead was able to, to beat last night. So, um, for sure. yeah, good win for them. For sure. Uh, the other um, the other qualifiers in 3A, like I said, no surprises here. Uh, Southeast Polk, uh, number two, Waverly Shell Rock. Uh, who uh, beat Prairie in the regional duel finals. Prairie beat Western Dubuque in the semifinal in that, uh, um, in that grouping. Uh, but Waverly Shell Rock advances. You got number three, Bettendorf, number four, Ankeny, number five, West Des Moines Valley, number six, Ankeny Centennial, who I believe won on criteria over Carlisle um, in a duel that might have gone all the way to like, Criteria F, does that sound like total first match points? Wow. Like that. Um, and that went in favor of uh, the Jaguars. Um, number eight, Fort Dodge advanced as well as the Mustangs. Uh, in class 2A, um, that went, um, according to, to seeds, pretty much. Um Number nine, Williamsburg advanced uh, because Crestwood actually went to number seven, Webster City, who beat Crestwood um, on a duel that was decided in like the last 10 seconds of the final match uh, as well. So a uh, good battle there between Webster City and um, Crestwood and the Lynx advanced. So. You've got number one, Osage, number two, West Delaware, number three, Sergeant Bluff Luton, uh, number four, Mount Vernon, which uh, is making its first appearance since 2005. Uh, you got number five, Preston, number six, Humboldt, mentioned Webster City, and then number nine, Williamsburg, who was a host, and they won on criteria um, against West Burlington, Notre Dame. I believe that. The difference there for the point was based on uh, forfeits, right? That'd be an uh, early one, yeah. Probably number nope. three, number three, or something like that. Yep, and uh, uh, that gave Williamsburg a forty-one forty um, win uh, with the criteria point. Uh, the only other, the only other upset, the one that would be considered bigger, I guess. Uh, but not really. Um, number 12, Hinton beat uh, number nine, Woodbury Central out west. So Hinton joins number one, Don Bosco, two, Wilton, three, Albernet, four, Nashua, Plainfield, Wapsie Valley, Ebbetsburg, and Logan Magnolia. I have to tell you, I have never heard of Hinton before. That's very bad. So 1A and it's way out west. I just have never, ever ran into him. So congratulations to them. Um, they'll have Don Bosco right off the bat. Wilton's number two, like you said. They'll have Logan Magnolia, number seven. Albernet's number three, and they'll have Emmitsburg. And in uh, yep. 2A, Williamsburg draws number one, Osage, Mount Vernon, and Creston for that uh, four and five. And then uh, West Delaware has Webster City. And then uh, 3A, Dubuque said with their win, gets number one, Southeast Polk. And then uh, other area, uh, Waverly Shell Rock has Ankeny. So 
kind of the local teams and who they have. Yeah, so that action will start uh, uh, Saturday at 9 o'clock. Um, you'll have the quarterfinals at 9 and 11. Uh, then you'll have the semifinals after that. Second session uh, starts at 6 o'clock where you'll have the 5th and 7th place matches in all three classes. And then at 8 p.m. Saturday, you'll have uh, the championship and third place duels uh, going on there at Extreme Arena in Coralville. So a big three-day uh, event with uh, the two-day girls tournament followed by the boys' state duels uh, at Extreme Arena. So uh, looking forward to to that competition. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I think teams will and coaches will put out their full lineups now and, uh, since it's not the day before the traditional state. So it's going to be fun to see that. Right, right. Um, just very quickly uh, to touch on last week's uh, conference championships. Uh, speaking of Lidmar, uh, they came away with uh, uh, their second straight MVC crown. Uh, they scored 233 points. Uh, and they beat uh, Cedar Rapids Prairie. Prairie uh, uh, with a runner-up finish, uh, uh, just 19 points back of the Lions. Uh, Linmar had titles from Malik DeBoe at 113, Kane Nakaborn at 138. Grant Crest at 152. Nate Fish, Braden Park, and Tate Nakaborn uh, were runners up. Um, and Lindmar had 12 uh, medalists overall. Um, and I believe had 10, 10 maybe, 9 or 10 that finished sixth or better uh, out of that group. Or all. Maybe all 12 finished sixth or better um, there. Of course, the kind of the marquee matchup in the MVC, uh, you had Gabe Arnold of Iowa City High, ranked number one versus Tate Nakaborn um, of Linmar. Uh, their third meeting, and just like the other two, um, it went in favor of Gabe Arnold. However, this one, the closest. Each match has gotten closer. This one was 3-2 uh, in favor of Arnold uh, after tiebreaker won overtime, uh, getting a reversal um, instead of an escape there in his 30 seconds. Um, and that was the difference. Right. And uh, some might say uh, Tate Nakamura is closing the gap there. Uh, and it's always difficult to be the guy three times in a row and now maybe four times in a row in the state championship. So, right. You know, if that, if they both make it to the finals, I'm assuming they'll be seated one and two. Uh, and then yeah, I would think, so, yeah, assuming they make it, but who knows after last year's seeds. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, I was at, uh, uh, independence for the finals of the WAMAC. Um, West Delaware came around, I believe, uh, uh, came away with their fifth or sixth straight uh, Walmart Conference Championship. They had uh, two champs, um, one in Braden Mowry um, at 113. He uh, topped Clear Creek Amanda's Kale Nash, four to zero. Um, 
And then uh, trying to see who their other champion was. Who was that or was Yankovic? Yankovic, who I wrote about. How how did I blank on <laughs> on that? Um, but the interesting thing with uh, Brent Yankovic is he actually bumped up to 160 to try to help their team. Uh, uh, Logan Payton was out. Um, and he moved up to uh, 160 and won by fall in the finals after kind of building a 9-0 lead and uh, really helped uh, uh, West Delaware um, there. Uh, Mount Vernon Williamsburg crowned three uh, uh, champs apiece. Jace and Jackson Jaspers and Henry Ryan all won titles for uh, Mount Vernon. As we mentioned, they're going on to the, the state duels as well with that win over Assumption, um, you know, but uh, those three, uh, not only did they win, but they posted major decisions in their in their championship match, so dominant uh, uh, days for them. And, of course, uh, Williamsburg, uh, uh, their three champs um, all had big wins in the, uh, in the finals. Uh, Lincoln Trop beat uh, Mount Vernon's number eight, Clayton Perot. Uh, 9-7 to win at 106, and then uh, one of the top matchups in the finals, number three, Gavin Jensen of Williamsburg beat number four, Carson Less of West Delaware, 3-1, to one, a takedown in sudden victory. Um, they're in a battle of highly ranked wrestlers. And then Niall Sin. Um, Niall Sin came away with a 6-5 victory. Uh, had two first period takedowns, had another one in the third, and he beat number seven Carson Turnus of West Delaware in the finals. So good showing from them. Um, one of the other uh, finals of, of note, um, Independence, uh, which was host, they had two champs, and one of them was heavyweight Corver Hupke. Corver Hupke two days earlier had lost to top rank Cam Guther of uh, – of West Delaware, and he reversed that, uh, winning six to four in the finals. Um, and if and if I'm so not mistaken, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that was reversed again last night. Yes, it was in the duel uh, where West Delaware beat Independence in the regional final. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guther uh, uh, avenged the loss that was avenged. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty good uh, series. Those two teams faced each other for the most part, three times in the matter of five or six days. So right. that was pretty cool. And uh, two others uh, of note to mention, South Tama had a pair of uh, of uh, champs in uh, Gavin Bridgewater, the state runner-up that, um, for them. Uh, he won at 195 uh, against number five, Will Ward. He won five to two. Um, and then uh, Rudy Papaki. Uh, followed with a, a title at uh, 220. He was dominant, won 11 to 1 uh, in the finals over Grant Northburg of West Delaware. And I mentioned that because I had the uh, uh, privilege of, uh, of wrestling, playing football with his dad, uh, uh, also named Rudy, um, at Cedar, Wa- Cedar Rapids, Washington, uh, many, many years ago. So uh, it's kind of neat seeing the second generation um, 
guy like that uh, um, come away with a conference title here his uh, his senior year. So now is uh, is and senior- that that major decision, by the way, the major decision by uh, uh, Rudy boosted South Tama above Williamsburg for fourth um, in the the final team standing. So that uh, that bonus point um, springboarded them into the top four behind. West Delaware, Mount Vernon, and Indy. So they were fourth in front of Williamsburg by half a point. Half a point. <laughs> yep. is, is it Rudy, Dad? Uh, is he is he the coach? No. No, just just okay. No, no, just the dad. He was a state qualifier for Washington in 1994. Remember. Um, him. So he uh, he was there in attendance. Um, saw him. Um, so. Uh, but but he's not a coach, and of course, I think if you remember, um, I think they had a cousin or an uncle named Tyrone Roberts, oh, who was yeah. a state champion for uh South Tama, even even before that, maybe early nineties or or late eighties even, um, but uh, um, pretty good uh family uh, tradition there, um, in wrestling, so. I was able to talk. I was able to talk to Coach Voss from West Delaware on Sunday. He was down at the tournament at the powerhouse, and and he said that uh, that with the threat of snow and being able to run five mats at Independence, that they were done by. I think he said about two ish or something like that. And uh, he said it didn't feel like a conference tournament. It was so quick and ran through so fast. <laughs> but, I I will say I will say this. Uh, you know, they really wanted to get people out. Um, and like you said, it was run really fast. This is the first time I ever remember driving home in daylight after covering a tournament, filing, writing and filing my story from the site and still being able to drive home with daylight. That's yeah. how, that's how quickly, uh, the tournament went on Saturday and have supper with your family. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I was at the, I was at the MVC and it was quite the opposite. We didn't finish until six 30, jump in the car, drive through that snow and yuck and get home later. So it was pretty dark when I was driving. <laughs> yeah. It just, I just looked this up. Tyrone Roberts uh, was a state champ in 1989 at 190 pounds or 189 pounds. Um, in class 2A, and of course, um, the reason why I mentioned that, maybe that was in 1989. I thought you had a state champ uh, in uh, – oh, you did, Mark, Mark Chase and? Um, and Matt Orton, uh, both in 1989. And then uh, the following year, you had a 189-pound champ in Jeff Horrock in class today. And? And also, uh, Ali Igram. Ali Igram was in nineteen ninety as well. Okay, yeah, one twenty five. No, so back to back years with multiple state champs, and one of the one eighty nine pounders. So that was big. Um, okay, back on track here, just uh, really quick. Uh, Wilton dominated the River Valley Conference. Uh, they scored 290 points, and uh, Monticello was 
second um, with like 131. And so uh, yeah. Wilton more than doubling uh, the second place team there. They had eight champs. Um, Monticello had a pair of uh, champs and Kale Hansen, who remains unbeaten at 145. Dylan Monk at 197. Uh, Inamosa's Austin Scranton um, also came away with a title. He uh, uh, he beat third-ranked uh, Drake Collins of West, uh, West Liberty 7-6 um, with a reversal and right out in the third. So, Yeah, Wilton, eight champs, two runners up, 10 in the finals. They just ran away with it, obviously. And, uh, man, that's going to be fun to watch them at the state tournament. They are a, they're a pretty good threat. I mean, Osage is pretty good, but I'm not, you know, we'll see. Don Bosco, yeah, with them and Don Bosco Don Bosco, Bosco Michael. And Albert Dad. Um too, yeah. You know, there is there's gonna be uh it, and you know what? Uh I'm not I'm not sure if Nashville Plainfield has the overall balance, but you know, those are top four teams in one A that are gonna be fun to watch. Right. And you and know. if you thought eight finalists or, or ten finalists and eight champs was was good. I don't know if you looked at the Mac. We won't, go in, we won't go into that too deep, but Bettendorf ran away with that 317 and a half points with, with wow. ten, 10 champs, three thirds, and a fourth. So all 14 of theirs were in the top four. Ten of them were champs. So wow. About that. Pretty good showing. Pretty good showing. So uh big week coming up. Um, you know. With the girls' state tournament and state duels, a uh, little bit of a break for uh, uh, the rest of the boys' teams as they get ready for uh, districts on Feb February 11th. Um, but any uh, any other points or comments uh, from last weekend, or what's kind of sitting in front of us? <laughs> yeah. Keep your hat on, JJ, because you're going to be all over the place. We appreciate what you do for sure. There's a ton of wrestling this weekend. This weekend, are you going to be officiating at uh, any of the events? I'm actually helping with the uh, weigh-ins at the girls tomorrow and and uh, Friday. Awesome. So, yep. Awesome. We'll see you down there at uh, Extreme Arena, and we hope to see uh, uh, a lot of you out there as well. Uh, whether it's at the the girls state tournament or or the state duels on the following day should be a real fun three day uh, a series of events at uh, Extreme Arena in Coralville. As always, just like to say thanks for watching us and and follow along. Uh, make sure to check all our content at thegazette.com. And uh, as always, Coach, uh, thank you for sharing your expertise and all you do for wrestling and why don't you go ahead and take us out with our friend's words let's keep wrestling on the move get a daily update from the gazette with our daily news podcast add it to your podcast player or your alexa friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day check it out at thegazette.com podcasts